the Bible begins in the white space before the first words. A white space in which God is there, but everything else isn't. A space that we can't fully understand or comprehend, and yet a space that's true nonetheless. In this white space before the first words, God is there, and before anything else, He simply exists. He exists in a community where He is three, and yet one. A community commonly called the Trinity. A word that describes God's three in oneness, His singular community. The fact that He is one God that exists in three distinct persons. Persons that the Bible calls the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity. A concept difficult to understand, but described throughout the Bible. And yet, as the Bible opens with some of the most famous words in the English language, we find yet one more thing that we can't fully understand. We find a manifestation of power of a magnitude unmatched in our human experience. A power that exceeds our imaginations and overwhelms our senses. The first words of the Bible simply resonate with power. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Before there was anything, God was there. And God, powerful beyond measure, brings something out of nothing. And there at the beginning, God begins to shape and detail this new creation of His. We read next that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God, one of those three persons in the Trinity of God, was hovering over this new, watery, shapeless, empty earth. It was brimming with possibility, and yet dark and shapeless. A substance not yet given form or purpose. And suddenly, a voice of immeasurable magnitude rings in the heavens. God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse, and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. As we consider the power of God in creation, we can't stop with just some common idea of power, like muscle strength or the horsepower of a vehicle. In our minds, we have to dig deeper than that to get to the truth of what happened back at the beginning. 
Nature itself perhaps provides the best examples. Think just for a moment about the power of the sun. The intense gravitational pressure leading to a fusion reaction millions of times more intense than a nuclear bomb. The sun's power is so intense that we can't even approach it without certain death. And the sun's power is only a taste of the power of God. It's just a small manifestation of what God did in creation. If God's power is like the ocean, the intense power of the sun is only a single drop in that ocean of God's power. A power that simply speaks to create light. A power that simply speaks to split waters, making the clouds and the seas. A power that lifts earth out of water to create dry land. And next, a power that creates living things too. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons, for days and for years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. By the end of the fourth day of creation, we've already seen the power of God accomplish unfathomable acts. He's created the heavens and the earth, light out of darkness, the sky and the atmosphere, the land and the seas, and if that weren't a big enough demonstration of his power, he creates life itself. All the information in the DNA of a single oak tree. The system of propagation of that tree through seeds and fruit. And not just the oak tree, but all trees and plants. All that information for life by the word of his power. And finally, to cap off the first four days, he creates the sun and moon the two lights to govern the seasons, the days and the years, the means by which his creation will have order and regularity. But after he creates the sun and moon, there's a little comment that I don't want you to miss. It's in a way flippant about the immense power in the words. After the text says that God created the two great lights, the sun and the moon, it just adds briefly, and the stars. What a comment. And the stars could fill volumes of photography books. And the stars is so understated that it actually tells us more about God's power. God's power is an effortless power. It's a power that's so immense that the creation of each and every star is not a big thing. It's a small thing. But now, by the end of day four, we have the beginnings of a truly amazing ecosystem and order. The seas, the skies, 
the seasons and the plants. But now, by His power, God will expand life in amazing new ways. And it will start in the seas and in the skies. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. On this fifth day, we finally see living creatures that live and breathe and move. By His Word, God creates the swarms of the sea creatures, the schools of fish, the magnificent whales, the bioluminescent fish, the coral reefs, and even the playful dolphins. He also fills the sky with magnificent eagles, the flocks of geese, the song of the mockingbird, and the ability for birds to take flight and soar above creation. By the end of day five, the stage has been set. The seas are teeming, the skies are decorated, the new earth is brimming with activity and life, all by the power of the Word of God. But there's also a refrain in this narrative that continues, and it doesn't have to do with God speaking, but with God seeing. All throughout the narrative, we see this same phrase over and over. After God has spoken things into existence, it says, And God saw that it was good. This creation is not just neutral to God. It's not just something. It's a good something. It's something positive and wonderful. A good creation that flows from the power of a good God. The goodness of creation is a manifestation of God's character. And because of that, creation is good and communicates good. In a way, God's words are actually reflected by nature itself. Listen to these words from later in the Bible. These are from a collection of songs called the Psalms. It says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. Just think about that for a moment. The heavens and the sky, those and the stars, created by God's words, they declare something themselves. They speak. They speak of the glory of God and His handiwork in creation. They make His power, His creativity, and His goodness known to all. And the song says, Their voice and their words go out to the end of the world. What do we learn from the first pages of the Bible? We learn of the immense, incredible, incomprehensible power of God. We learn of creation, of the beautiful sky, the birds singing in the heavens, and the sea creatures roaring in the deeps. We see the sun and moon giving days and seasons, and the stars. And above all this, we learn of a good God looking over His creation and seeing that it is good. But after five days, God isn't done. You see, in all this display of power, 
God is also preparing for something. And this preparation leads to the culmination of creation on day six. Day six, the most consequential of days. Because on day six, God doesn't just see that his creation is good. No, after day six, it's very good. The stage is set for the final act of creation, for the crowning creation within creation. The heavens are speaking, the birds are singing, the oceans are bellowing, and then God speaks once more. Join us next time as we see a new sort of creation by God, a creation to represent God on earth. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible.